Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We all have felt it. The calm before the storm. 2020 is behind us. Get ready because 2021 is here. No matter the series. No matter the track. We are ready. So get in. Buckle up. And hang on tight. This is in the Marbles Season 3. Hello to all the Marvel heads out there. Season 3 of In the Marvels has officially kicked off, and we got a good one in store for you today. We got Connor Daly, IndyCar driver, coming on later today for an interview. But, man, I hope everybody had a good Christmas, and Happy New Year, Preston Season 3. Can you believe it? Season 3. Got a nice ring to it. It's got a real nice ring to it, and I'm so excited about today. Like I said, we got Connor Daly coming on to the show, our first IndyCar driver or in the marbles and uh man i can't wait man it's gonna be a fun to get to know him and talk to him i'm really stoked for this i I am too it's so exciting i'm so excited and i'm glad we're getting season three off to a good start here with an indycar driver it's going to be a lot of fun but thank you for joining us for season three whether you're on the unhinged sports network or on your regular podcast platform we do have an announcement to make 
the Unhinged Sports Network had their first ever gathering or votes for best show, and they had different categories. Yeah, like we had a, an award show. An kind award of like show. That. Thank you. It was Preston. kind of like an on the fly thing that happened though, yeah, at the last was, minute. It was, but it, it came out good, and I, I didn't. I didn't wasn't able to participate in it because I was in Myrtle Beach with my wife that weekend. Yeah. There were a few categories like best podcast, best sound, best duo, and in the marbles won best duo. Yeah. We and, did. I, and I'm happy about that. I think we lost best podcast by one vote, you said? Yeah, we were in the we were in the running for the overall and uh something else. And oh best sound I think it was. Best, best sound we were sound. we lost by one vote on best sound, but I mean, all yeah, in I all, it was it I, was good. I got to step up my game. Yeah. So, well, a lot of people when they announced who won best sound, a lot of people were like, "Man, we thought In the Marbles was going to win best sound." Oh, oh man, was, who uh, actually won it? Well, I can't remember to be honest. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago when we did it. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. I it was it was funny because uh, when we had when it was announced that we had won best duo, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know." let's kick it over to Preston and like I was trying to talk but like my audio wasn't working through Zoom so I was just like it was just they were just like oh he's really quiet but like I was just like I'm talking but nothing's happening I, I think at that moment I was playing top golf with Caroline yeah uh, you were because uh, I think they were going to put it on uh, YouTube or something like that and I was just like oh man this is this sucks because I'm not talking so no. like if, if it comes out on YouTube then there's going to be nobody there for an acceptance speech you well, know? I think next year will be better for us I that, like that was last minute, and we had plans to go to Myrtle Beach. Oh, well. But, man, how was your Christmas, man? Really good and very busy at the same time. Good. I uh, Christmas, so I'll run it down for you real quick. Christmas Eve was, I worked Christmas Eve. I got off uh, late afternoon. Right. Those Went, last minute packages. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. De- most definitely, for sure. Trying to del- make sure everybody got what they wanted, <laughs> that they ordered. So, right. went to my parents' house, then had to go to my in-laws' house. Then we woke up Christmas Day, did Christmas morning at my house for the kids. And then it was right over to the in-laws' house, then to my parents' house to open more presents and do like a early afternoon dinner as you would call some people call i don't know why it was like yeah. two o'clock in the afternoon yeah it's always, if, it's if like it was lunch. uk time then yeah it'd be dinner it'd be seven o'clock right did that then we went back to the in-laws house for more food and then i went to my grandparents house so i got home about it was like 9 30 10 o'clock and holy cow and then the 26th we went right back over to the in-laws house for a brunch and after Christmas brunch, and I think I was gone almost all day that day, too. Right. It's just a busy two days off. That's good, though. <laughs> I don't think I really got to enjoy a whole nah, lot it's of okay, it. buddy. <laughs> hey, it happens, though. You know, when it you have really family, does. you got to go everywhere. Oh, yeah. I hear so, you. How was yours? It, it was good. Uh, I got off work Christmas Eve, so I, I worked at 48, so I wouldn't get forced. Was it quiet 48? It was a quiet 48. Everybody had a good day. And um, we... Uh, I get home, wait for Caroline because she had a couple of patients she had to deal with. Get in the cars. She we took separate cars because she was staying because I had to leave Christmas Eve, Christmas Day evening in order to go back to work or come back here because I had to go to work the next day. That Saturday. Ah. Then I uh, we got there. We had a another a festive time Christmas Eve. You know, just a little hors d'oeuvre get together thing. But I had a very good time. Like I said, I drank a few beers and. Just let loose, had a great time with the family, just hanging out, having a great time, seeing 
we're looking forward to the next day. We woke up Christmas Day. We didn't really hit the ground running. I got like a half dozen donuts because that's a Beamer family tradition. Mm. We, get, we get donuts for Christmas Day. So I got some donuts and then went back to the house. And we didn't do presents yet because my brother-in-law wasn't there yet. He's with his wife's side of the family and Dylan, I believe. But then we just kind of hung out, got ready for Christmas dinner. We went over to Caroline's grandparents again. We just did Christmas dinner, which, of course, came at lunch, like you alluded to. Had a great time there. Didn't drink a drop that day because I had to drive home and I was tired and blah. But I had a great time there just hanging out with the family, just spending time with him. It was so much fun. What was for Christmas dinner? Turkey, you know, all the regular stuff. Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, okay. Just Sounds about right. Reallocated to Christmas, <laughs> and then at that point we um, we went back to my wife's mom's house. We did presents there. I, my Caroline got me this knife set, like a new knife set for the kitchen. Okay. And I and I took a shot in the dark. I didn't know if this would go over well. I got her a kitchen aid. What's a kitchen aid? You know the the mixer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the mixer, right, man. I'm... So I got her a kitchen aid. So inadvertently, we just had a kitchen themed. Christmas, oh. and, and we did it all kind of right there, and it, it was good though. We just did that, and then around six thirty, we had another dinner, just a small little light dinner, and then around six thirty, I packed up and came home, played with Charlie on the PlayStation for a little bit, and went to bed, and then worked of worked all weekend. More Call of Duty. More Call of Duty, man. Oh, man, we got to hey, we got to play sometime. That's right, we do. Uh, so I wait the burning question. Oh, the burning question. What kind of donuts? Wait, oh, from where? Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. It was at the gas station, so oh, okay. we're very all limited right. on our selection, but I like the Boston cream ones. Okay. All right. Caroline likes regular plain glazed. and I, I mean, I can dig Dunkin' Donuts, but I'm more of like a Krispy Kreme yeah, kind of guy. But Dunkin's not that bad, though. Beggars can't be choosers, and that's all I have. That's all yeah. I got. That's true. So, But, man, I'm glad you had a good Christmas. Oh, here's hoping for a better 2021. Yeah. Or a better year. <laughs> not that this year was horrible. No. But this year, completely. I think, was... Okay, let's move on. Let's get it out of the way. Let's go to 2021. And I'm hoping everybody's having a good, had a good Christmas for one, has a good new year, and ready for ride with us all the way till the end of the season and I season saw, three, man. <laughs> I saw something where somebody had posted saying, you know, let's all keep calm and let's not say we're looking forward to 2021 or anything. Everybody just keep quiet and let's just get through the new year without saying anything. He makes a point. Don't, <laughs> don't, jinx, don't it. jinx it. Don't yes, jinx yes. it. Absolutely not. <laughs> so here's to, well, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Here, here, let's <laughs> I'll just, be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Let's just take our time here with that. But I'm glad everything's going well. Glad you had a good Christmas press and hope everybody out there had a good Christmas, but we're going to go ahead and hit the ground running with a few pieces of news for this kickoff of season three and let's get into it and the news here at in the marbles presented by fubo cut the cord from expensive cable and satellite providers and switch to fubo half half the price you can it is totally worth a shot start your seven day free trial by heading over to in the marbles.net and click under the partners tab and all the way at the bottom is a link to fubo just click on the link and start your seven day free trial and you might just be so go check that out. A new partner with the Unhinged Sports Network and In the Marbles here. Very excited about that. And our first piece of news, one has to deal with iRacing. And iRacing seems to be making a comeback in 2021 or wanted to make a comeback. NASCAR and iRacing does. 
as we know, during during the start of pandemic, everything was shut down, and iRacing kind of filled the gap. Yeah, in a sense, and they did a good job of it. It was great fun. job. It was fun. It was something to watch. It wasn't a real thing, but it was something to watch. And NASCAR, I think, was alone in that. But it seems like uh, they want to do it again, as per Adam Stern. With a lot of one-day shows next year, NASCAR and iRacing are working on airing sim races during Friday and Saturday broadcast windows, which would typically have practice or qualifying to help make up for the lack of real-life action per sources. Now, I'm up in the air about that. Because I think iRacing was a good did a good job of filling the gap, but I don't think we need to make the drivers bring over their sim gear, have to deal with that, and then plug it in unless they stuck. And I think they need to go back to at least one practice, one qualifying, and then the race, and try to put as much on track action as they can on the track by trying to fill it with iRacing. Well. So that right there just goes to show that it sounds like NASCAR is going to do the same thing they did last year. We're just not going to run any practice for qualifying, which in reality, uh, I, I don't like it at all. I no, I don't practice either. And qualifying, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think it may per se have to do with the actual cup drivers or anything because there are E-series out there that run like the NASCAR game on the Xbox. They right. have the top tier series that they broadcast on Facebook, I think it's every Tuesday or every Wednesday during the week. So maybe NASCAR is trying to think of maybe I – I know iRacing. I'm sure iRacing has a series where it's just non-cup drivers or anything like that. Maybe that's what they're trying yeah, to go like for. Yeah, it's like the E-Invitational series. Yeah, maybe they're trying to – Or the to, Coca-Cola series that's yeah, like the yeah, top that's, sim racers in the world. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's what it could be. Maybe, but I doubt it. It doesn't sound like it. You think it. they're I, trying to well, 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 draw well, cup drivers back in? Maybe, but we'll have to wait and see on that. But I don't like the – Try to fill in stuff with iRacing. Let's give it a shot. Let's see if it works. But I'm not going to be a big proponent on it. I'd rather see cars on track, whether it's just watching practice, because I make a lot of my fantasy picks based off of practice. Yeah, that's what and, really messes And that's what really, I'm going to use that as an excuse why uh, Maples won this year and I did so, so far. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And uh, the last piece of news I have, unless you have anything else. Uh, Sergio Perez. What about Sergio Perez? Going to Red Bull. It was official. Oh, yeah. It was official. That Sergio Perez going to Red Bull. So I guess now you're going to be switching from Racing Point Pink to Red Bull. Yeah, I'm definitely now, jumping over to Red now Bull. Now, how do you think that will work? How do you think? Because he's got Max Verstappen as a teammate. Very good driver. Alex Albon was a very good driver as well. Do you think Sergio Perez will be the next Alex Albon there in the Formula 1 series? Or there in Red Bull, in the Red Bull seat? I think he's going to do... I think he'll outperform what Alex Albon did. I mean, Alex Albon's staying at Red Bull to be more of like a developmental driver. They're going to kind of, I guess he's just there to kind of develop and work through a little kinks for the season because right now it's just a one-year deal. Right. I think Perez has something on the table for 22, but Verstappen is wel- welcoming him what it seems like with open arms. He wants him to, he wants Perez to be, to perform at his best and push him and everything like that. He wants him to push so Verstappen can get the best that he can. And I don't blame him because, I mean, if one will, it's like iron sharpening, steel sharpening steel there because they need to do that in order to, you know, compete with now Racing Point, McLaren, and Mercedes, of course. And I think just based on that, he wants that competitiveness to drive him to push further to compete against those other teams. But we'll have to wait and see because 
Alex Albon didn't have a good run in it. I don't know if Sergio Perez will bring in that win to the cells that Red Bull needs for 2021. I'm hoping so. I, because that's a coveted seat, I think. That's a yeah, very, like... absolutely. You know, it's like a B team. Yeah. Compared to stuff. But then you have th- th- two, three other B teams there in, in Racing Point and McLaren now. Now you have two really big competitors coming up, and now they're and they're on momentum. Whereas Red Bull didn't have that much of a good season to brag about, I would say, in 2020. Yeah. But, you know, what do you think about that? I think we'll, we'll see. Uh, in terms of performance i mean perez brings over sponsorships as well and i think red bull kind of i think that's a good thing that red bull could use is a little bit more sponsorships right but i think i think they can compete a little bit better than they did last year well like you said we'll just we'll wait and see what happens I but hope i'm hoping so. that i hope so they can get a little bit more of an edge on mercedes maybe shake it up a little bit at the top well I don't know. We'll see, though. <laughs> yeah, we, we shall see. You will have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see, man. But yes, I will be. Uh, I'm switching over to Red Bull. I, I'm a. I'm a fan of Sergio Perez. I think he's a great driver. It's. I mean, it just. It's a shame it took him so long to get that that first win finally. But it was so cool to see it when he got that win. It really was cool to see him win that race. So we'll see. It was somebody other than Hamilton, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very too. happy about that. <laughs> Last piece of news I have. Anthony Alfredo is in talks to join Front Row Motorsports to fill its open seat for the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season, per sources. Alfredo has been with Richard or R- Richard Childress Racing and has been represented by Team Dillon Management in or Team Dillon Management's Austin Craven. Now, this is a big place, big Jump for Alfredo. This is how I feel about Alfredo in this jump. This is big for him because in 2022, he's going to that historic 21 Wood Brothers car taking the place of Matt or Matt Benedetto. This is great practice instead of just jumping right in. Yeah. Cold. And now he's got this season. Learn. Learn the car. Even though in 2022, the Gen 7 car is going to come out, which is going to be a big game changer in the world of auto racing as, as far as NASCAR. But this is going to be his chance to say, now I got, now I can practice. At least I can understand the tracks and understand how these drivers drive. Yeah, the competition. Maybe, maybe get a few practice laps in on the Gen 7 car throughout 2021. But this is big for Alfredo. I'm happy about that. He's going to go places. And Front Row Motorsports is a good little stepping stone. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, we know he's going to the Wood Brothers in 2022. Yeah. Unfortunately. I think the ben, I think they're cutting the Ben into that little short as far as that. But... We'll have to wait and see. I think this is going to be good for Alfredo. Yeah, I think this is a good. I mean, but I mean, is it set in stone that he's going to go there? It, it seems like they're in talks right now, like in twenty twenty two to the Wood Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that's set in stone. Oh, okay, that's, well, all, then that's already happening. The writing's on the wall for that one. Oh, but I'm right. talking about right now. Front row motorsports. This is going to be a good, and I think front row is a good stepping stone for any driver coming into the cup. Oh series. yeah, for sure it is. And uh, this is going to be good for Alfredo for that and. We wish him the best of luck. I can't wait till 2021. I just can't wait till Daytona. Yeah, I think front row is can't. on that. Front row is on the track to uh, the pathway for some kind of success at some point. I mean, they're slowly doing better. We saw with John Hunter Nemechek when he was there. Right. He was doing And that's the reason why there's a vacancy. Things. He's going to Kyle Busch Motorsports yeah. and for the truck series full-time in 2021. That, yeah. that left a vacancy. 
I'm afraid he's feeling that. Team that team was doing great things. I mean, especially I with Michael McDowell last year, too. Yeah, McDowell does a good job. So He's a, he's one of, probably one of the most underrated drivers on the Cup Series. Oh, yeah, Michael definitely. Michael McDowell is. For sure. And, he's a great driver. Oh, he is. He is, and I can't wait to see what 2021 will bring him as well. We're all front row towards. In fact, racing in general, I just can't wait to have racing back yeah, on the track. We're all waiting for that. Waiting for it intently. I would definitely give me some front row motorsports swag. All right, I'll make sure to get some for you when I go to Daytona. Or when we go to Pocono. Pocono. Yeah, stay tuned for more on that, ladies <laughs> yeah. and gentlemen. Season three is going to be a lot of fun. Preston, you have anything else? I have nothing else. Again, this news portion of In the Marbles presented by Fubo. Go check out inthemarbles.net under the Partners tab and sign up for your seven-day free trial, and you might just be hooked. Get ready for 2021 season with Fubo. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and bring on Connor Daly. All right, Preston, before we get Connor Daly on the show, I wanted to remind everybody about our affiliation with Fanatics because we are affiliated with the Unhinged Sports Network here at In the Marbles. And what better way to get ready for the 2021 racing season than to head over to Fanatics.com and get all your Chase Elliott gear, all your Kyle Larson gear, every type of gear for every driver for the 2021 Cup Series is right there. But not only NASCAR... We got hockey. I support the Washington Capitals through there. I, I've bought Vegas Golden Knights stuff off of there before, too. And you could buy anything for any spread over there from Fanatics. If you head over to IntheMarbles.net under our Partners tab, you'll see the unhinged link with Fanatics. You click on that. It'll take you right to the NASCAR page. And from there, go to your heart's content. That's IntheMarbles.net under the Partners tab. And click the Fanatics link for all of your sports needs. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Connor Daly, Connor, thanks again for joining us, man. Uh, first of all, uh, every question we ask first for every driver: Where are you from? What do you race? And where do you race? Uh, well, I'm Connor Daly uh, from Noblesville, Indiana, uh, and I drive in the uh, NTT IndyCar Series with Ed Carpenter Racing for the U.S. Air Force. And and I must say, Connor, you are the first IndyCar driver we've had on the show. So thanks for doing being here, and uh, thanks for being the first IndyCar driver on In the Marbles. That's awesome. Hey, no problem at all. So uh, when did you uh, start racing? 
Uh, so I started when I was 10. Uh, my dad was uh, obviously a driver as well. So that yeah. I was, I was always, always had racing around. Um, you know, my mom worked at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, so I, I've always had, I've always been around racing. Uh, and it wasn't until my neighbor actually asked my dad to go out to the go-kart track with them. Uh, and I decided to tag along and got out in the go-kart while, while we were out there. And from then on, it was just kind of uh, something that I enjoyed doing. I, I played other sports, but racing was, you know, dedicate all of my time to and dedicate as much time as, you know, necessary to try and become, you know, a professional. So, uh, later than most, I know a lot of people start earlier than 10, but, um, but yeah, it worked out. But the fact that you've, uh, gotten up to your, the level that you're at right now at 10 years old from starting from 10 is amazing. You're a professional race car driver racing in by far one of the craziest series in automobiles that you can possibly race. How's that? What's it like in just for me driving one of those things that you just kind of back a few years ago, you were just exposed. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's awesome. It's an incredible, an incredible racing series. I think the, the fact that, you know, we are getting respect from like, you know, Fonzo, two-time Formula One world champion who comes over and tries to do the Indy 500 and Jimmy Johnson, obviously an Indy car as well. I mean, the cars are physically, without a doubt, the most difficult on the planet. So physically, you have to be at the highest level. You know, mentally, I think at the highest level because, you know, of the speeds that we're doing on some of these ovals and other places as well. Uh, you know, certainly in the street circuits where there is no runoff, you know, all you've got is the wall uh, and, and, and that's it. There's no grass, no, no gravel that, you, uh, you know, run into or get into the wall. So, right. um, so it's it, and, and in, in the world for sure have, have come to race. You know, it's, it's an honor to be involved in that series. I mean, I get to race against some of the guys that I, you know, idolized when I was a kid, like Scott Dixon and Elio Castroneves and Juan Pablo Montoya now is back, um, along with, you know, Fernando Alonso as well, who's comes over to do the Indy 500. So it's, it's an incredible series. I think right now I, I wish we got a little bit more recognition than we do. I think it's tough uh, battling against the NBAs, the NFLs, the NASCARs of the world right now, because there's so much that can entertain people. Um, and, you know, we're, we're a little bit on the smaller spectrum. You know, we have the Indy 500, which is the biggest thing in the world, but you know, most people that watch the Indy 500 don't know that there's 16 other IndyCar races. So we gotta, we gotta change that. And I think we're, we're doing our best to work on that and, and keep, you know, keep, keep getting the recognition out there. How do you think the best way is to do that? Is it more about the performance of the cars or the technology of the cars or about on-track action? Money. Money. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, money buys everything and, and eyes and, and, and numbers. And, and, and we're just, you know, we're just on the smaller spectrum when it comes to, you know, marketing budget, when it comes to, you know, ad space. And uh, I think, you know, NASCAR does an incredible job because I watch TV every day. And at some point during the racing season, NASCAR season, I will see an ad for NASCAR. And I, I think the opposite can be said for IndyCar. We just don't have, uh, you know, we don't have that level of marketing budget to get, you know, into the right places at the right time, but we're growing. And I think our product is not the problem right now. I think our racing is great. I think the, the product on the ovals is great. The road courses racing is great. So, you know, we've just got to build up everything else and, and it does take time. Like it, it, it absolutely will take time, but I truly think we are, uh, you know, if we, if we integrate more, um, you know, kind of bodily performance stats as well during the races into the TV broadcast, I think people would find it really interesting to see, you know, heart rate data, respiratory rate, like during the race. I think that would be something that 
hopefully we can look at in the future because, uh, you know, because of what we're doing is, is so extreme. So Connor, uh, I wanted to backtrack for a second. So when you had talked about when you first got into racing, when you were little, did you have like an ultimate goal of what series you may have wanted to reach? Like maybe like a formula one or an Indy car. I mean, I know your dad raced F1 for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, formula one was the goal. I think as an American, it's obviously not easy to make it to formula one. We've seen not many Americans make it over there over the last, you know, 20, 30 years, but um, but I had a goal and, and, and we had to start over here cause obviously we lived in the U S. Um, but when I was 18, you know, we were able to win a couple of the rotating championships and get a scholarship, uh, you know, to, to head to Europe for the first time. And, um, you know, then, uh, the force India formula one team now racing point, you know, they, they signed me to a development contract. So, you know, then I had my racing funded, um, over there. So, you know, we made it to a, a high level over there, won races, you know, fought for a championship against guys who are, you know, still in Formula One to this day. You know, Carlos Sainz, good friend of mine who is now driving for Ferrari, yep. um, you know, got to race against him, Danny Kvyat, Valtteri Botas, you know, guys that are uh, really reputable. And, mm-hmm. um, and and it was awesome. However, we, we just could not get the support, you know, from our home country that a lot of these other drivers over there, uh, you know, get, whether it's financially, whether it's in the media, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely proud of what we did over there. But Formula One was always the goal. And, you know, I was able to drive Formula One cars a couple of times. I mean, there's a picture above my shoulder of, of me, me in the car, the Force India. And, and that's definitely something that not a lot of people can say that they've been able to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely proud of that. Is there, can you, do you, are you able to tell a really big difference between like a Formula One car and an Indy car? Not really. I mean, all race cars do the same thing. They go, they stop and they turn left and right. They just do it at different rates of speed. So it's, with those, I mean, there's just so much technology because at the time, you know, they, the budgets were, you know, 300, 400 million dollars and they developed the car from the ground up. So, you know, there's so much that goes into those cars that will never go into an Indy car because our budgets are, you know, six million dollars a year. So it's it's something that is is really unique, but it's not necessarily like they had a ton more horsepower than an Indy car or anything that I've driven. You know what I mean? I think, you know, Formula One has power steering. Uh, so that's, you know, a little bit different, makes the cars a little bit easier to drive. Um, but they're obviously right now, well, the current era of car is quick cars, acceleration wise, G load, the brakes and in the corners. And we'll just never be at that because our cars have to be a little bit heavier to be safer to withstand impacts on ovals. Oh, okay. So an Indy car does not have power steering. No. Yeah. We're, we're still the, the only top level wow. racing series. that doesn't have power steering. I never knew that. That's very interesting to know. That's crazy. <laughs> That's why it's quite difficult to drive. <laughs> so on an oval, is it, or it's the hardest. I, I, it's, it's the hardest on the oval to drive one of those. You would think it'd be the opposite, like a street circuit where it would, the tight corners would hinder that, but why is it so tough on an oval? Well, the street circuits uh, are tough for like blistering. Like the hands move a lot. It's very bumpy. Um, So your hands, you know, I've often had hands that are bleeding after the races because it's just so bumpy and so violent. But, uh, but the ovals are, I mean, the the best way I can describe it, the most difficult race of the season is Iowa because it's a seven, eight, a mile oval Um, doing it in 174 miles an hour average, uh, which is a, 18 second lap time. Um, so there's no rest time. So you're at, you're at four to five G's basically for a very, very long time, uh, for that two hour race. Uh, and your heart rate is at maximum the whole time because there's so much loading in your hands. You have to use your elbow to brace against the cockpit as well, because it's the steering is so heavy. I mean, literally go outside and try and turn your car without it being on, you know what I mean? Like it's, (laughs) it's quite difficult to, to do. And, I think 
uh, even going go-karting, like going, you know, you, go-karts don't have power steering. And I think when it, whenever you take people who don't know about racing, they're not going as fast as you, for, as, as you first of all, obviously, but they get out and they're sweating. They're like, oh my gosh, my arms, I can't feel my arms. I'm like, well, yeah, multiply that by a thousand and do it for two and a half hours, you know, mm-hmm. in a 148 degree cockpit. You know I mean? It's, it's definitely without a doubt, um, you know, the hottest we've ever been in the car and physically the most difficult because of just how much load is going through the steering. Right. And the, the aerodynamics as well can contribute to that because we've got so much aero load on the car that again, it just adds to the G load. It adds to how tough it is to, uh, you know, to steer. Right, because you know I'm more of the NASCAR guy here on the show, and for instance, the Formula One open wheel guy, I, I don't, I can't even, and but I do respect IndyCar drivers because I feel like you're just so exposed. It's like the difference between riding a car and a motorcycle, real kind in in a sense. But I mean, it's just so crazy. I can't comprehend the fact that I didn't, I've never even thought about the air pushing down on you and that causing contributing to the G load. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, we just you know our our cars. I don't know the exact numbers, but they produce so much downforce, you know, which, which gives us the ability to go that fast in the corners. Right. But it's the faster you go, the more, you know, the more weight that you're produced, the more, the more down, the faster you go, the more downforce you produce. Right. So that, that produces more weight in the wheel, produces more weight, you know, in everything. So, uh, you know, when we're, when we're qualifying and when you're out on new tires on full fuel, I mean, I cannot, I, I, I truly cannot, simulate that for you because it's just it's impossible to do unless you're in the race but i just it's like having the heaviest weights you can possibly be holding and trying to turn something that's fighting against you you know what i mean and your entire body is getting that load as well uh you know your neck your chest your abs it's 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 definitely a fight but that's that's i think the most satisfying part about indycar racing is the fact that you truly like i think go through a battle like in the race and you know get out the other side yeah, and you guys make it look so easy too. I mean, and no, and no <laughs> power steering too. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't. I, yeah. I still that's can't, can't comprehend that. <laughs> he can't wrap his head around it. <laughs> so, look I mean, the funny thing about yeah. having having been through that though, like you obviously know the NASCAR side of it. NASCAR has power steering, but I mean, it's it's not like those cars are are easy to drive either. I mean, right. even doing the truck race this year for me, uh, you know, very difficult, very hot in there. It's a different type of uh, loading. It's a different type of environment for me. So my heart rate is still very high throughout that whole event at the end and very sore, but not as really. I think it was more because it was so hot and just a different type of heat. It's a very stagnant air compared to the IndyCar because we do have some airflow through the, through the windscreen. So without a doubt, I think when you get used to that in NASCAR, I think it's still physically easier because you're just not turning as heavy of a wheel, but without a doubt, it's still very hard. Like I've still was, you know, beat after, uh, you right. know, after the truck. So it's just a different kind of beat. Yeah. You're kind of, you kind of, um, hitting around from where one of my big questions was how tough is, or which is tougher, you know, a overseas open wheel car, like formula one, formula two, Indy car or a stock car. And I think you've answered that pretty handily. It's the Indy car. Crazy. I think physically. Yeah. Every, every car though has, I mean, has their, uh, you know, unique tricks and tips that, that you've got to have. And I think no matter what, I mean, we see, you know, we've seen open wheel champions come over and, and not succeed at all in NASCAR because it's right. a different style. It's a different feel. And I think it'll be really interesting because we've never really had a top NASCAR driver come over and do IndyCar. Like they've done the 500, 
right. but not like the road racing, the true grit of, of our series. So having already tested on track with Jimmy, I know it's tough and I know he's struggling and I respect that he's doing so much testing in F3 cars and doing a lot because it's going to be a real challenge for him. And I, I respect the hell out of him for, for doing that um, because he's the best in NASCAR and, right. and he has been the best. And now he's got, I think probably one of the biggest challenges, you know, in front of him is to, is to get up to speed at all these different tracks with us. Is that, does that cause a little apprehension as far as you as a driver? No, no. I mean, I think the, the best thing about Jimmy is, he, you know, he's smart, right? He's experienced. Right. And, 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 and I think that's, that's been the best part about him. Like he is aware, very well aware of where he is on the track when we're out there testing. And he's been, he's been super cool, you know, with, with either getting out of the way or being, being respectful of, of, of whatever's going on. But I, I always just tell people, I was like, give Jimmy half a season, give him half the season before you even start to judge anything because right. it takes time. It's, it's, these cars are hard to figure out. They're hard to drive They're He's got new tracks to learn, but I, I mean, I couldn't be more pumped to, you know, to get to race with him, but I just, I don't want people to start freaking out after four or five races thinking like, Oh man, this isn't going great. It's like, give him some time. I promise. <laughs> right. I have an easy one for you. What's your preference Would uh, oval or uh, road courses? Honestly, man, lately I'm, I'm an oval guy. I love the oval racing. I really do. I, I like the, the ovals this year in IndyCar were my best results uh, and also the most fun that I have driving a car because I think like technically I, I like, you know, being at my top, top of my game technically, I think. And when you can just find a, a little bit in the car setup and, and what you can tell your engineer, it pays dividends on ovals rather than road courses. Road courses, you could drive around all weekend and never really fix the problem. You just kind of, you know, massage the symptoms of the problem. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas on an oval, you can, you know, you can make two or three small changes that that take you from being like 10th to like unbeatable. And and that's that's like one of the most fun feelings, you know, on on ovals is is just getting to that limit and 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 going so fast. So that's 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 what I enjoy. But I, I mean obviously I'm a road course guy at heart, but I wish we had I wish we had ten ovals, ten road courses in IndyCar. I think that would be the way to do it. That'd be pretty even. Do, like do, do you think the lack of ovals would uh deter people from watching it? Like the American fans, I I think the European fans will watch the road courses more because they're used to that in Formula One. But we don't need them. Yeah, you tell an American, oh, he's turning right. It's like, what? You know, I mean, that makes no sense. But, you know, you, you think that's one of the problems with IndyCar? Honestly, I, I truly do believe that. I, I, I do. I mean, I, I, I grew up in a heyday of, of IRL IndyCar racing where, you know, the series split and that was really tough mm -hmm. and that was not good for IndyCar at all. But like, I think our most popular era of open wheel racing in America is ovals and the Indy 500. And so, you know, obviously they're the most dangerous and, you know, we've, you know, sadly, you know, had drivers killed over the last decade still on ovals and it's only on ovals. But, but that is also, I think, part of the allure that what, what draws me to IndyCar is the danger, is the right. high level of risk. And I think that's why America watched it. But right now our, our, our road course racing, I think is, uh, it's good, but right. it's not going to be what really attracts anyone to the scene i think i i think some of the ovals that we could do i think we need to go to chicago we need to go to kentucky we need to go to honestly we need to go to las vegas again even though we got a really bad rep there for you know obviously dan getting killed there and that was so right. sad but like that's a great track like, i loved driving there uh in the truck and i think you know our cars the way they race on these on the two like the two mile ovals the mile and a halfs are just 
are, it's so cool. And I think it's so fast um, that I truly do believe we need more ovals, but I, obviously it's not happening next year, but uh, hopefully in the future they can, you know, we can do some more. Because I mean, I I went, my only IndyCar race I went to was Pocono. And that was one where Jesse Wilson was unfortunately killed. And it was just one of those freak things before the introduction of the windscreen, which is I think one of the best, safety innovations formula one and indycar could do but it was just so much fun just the power of those cars coming by wide open 220 i can't even imagine going 220 seeing a stock car go 220 but indycar that's like nothing i feel no i mean it's that's the excitement of it right is 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 ground you know groundbreaking speed you know the the high intensity of it you know and our 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 iconic event is the indy 500 which is an Mm -hmm. oval race and it still is entertaining to people. It still is one of the most, it's the most watched event, obviously that we have all year. And, and I think if, you know, you tell people to tune into something else or, or whatever's, you know, next on the schedule and they're like, well, this is very different. And they're like, you know, it, it just creates, I think if you split it half and half, it just becomes so much of a, uh, you know, a, a better mix of races because I think when you got half and half ovals, road and street courses, that's a pretty cool championship. That means, you know, yeah. you, got, you could have guys that are really good on the ovals still fighting for the championship by, you know, hanging on on the road courses or vice versa. So I, you know, I, I obviously don't lead the IndyCar series, so I don't think that'll ever right. happen. But, um, but you know, in, in my head as a fan, I'm a fan first. I mean, I was a fan and still I am a fan of IndyCar racing. You know, luckily I, I got very fortunate enough to be a driver, but uh, you know, I'm still going to be a fan for a long time. And that's, you know, I'd love to see that. The craziest thing I got to bring this up to you being a fan, um, the excitement of it, you obviously don't want to see anybody get hurt, but the crashes in there, some of the crashers are just spectacular. Just in the fact yeah. that some people can walk away. And it brings me to this, the 2012 Monaco race you're in. <laughs> what, what was that like? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, Everyone asked me about that, but that was like the not painful. Nothing was bad about it. It just looked spectacular because it right. spun around a lot and got wrapped in a fence. But it was, I got out and it was like, yep, that sucked. And I didn't even know what it looked like. But uh, yeah, no hard impacts. My Any IndyCar crash I've had, literally any of them are way more painful than that was. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's great. I mean, just it just looks and it's like the ones that don't look bad are usually the bad ones. But that yeah. one was just, you, it looks like you were a rocket. <laughs> yeah, it'll work. It was. Yeah, well, holy cow, man. But uh, do you feel like, um, and, and I kind of want to ask you this as a driver, do you think complacency in open wheel racing or, or safety is becoming somewhat complacent? You look at Roman Go- Groshan's crash at Bahrain, and he looks like he, the guardrails. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. 
go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. If a centimeter to the left or right, I think he would have been stuck and been in big trouble. Do you think, is IndyCar complacent on safety or are they just fluid in the sense that we look at what happens in Formula One and we can adapt that to our league? Well, I mean, we hope they see that, right? I think the, I think if, if uh, you know, if that was an aeroscreen car, I don't think Roman gets out because I think, you know, he got out the side of the, of the halo um, rather than out the top, whereas we don't have that option. So, um, so that, that's, that's something that I, I look at and makes me a little nervous. I, I've never been... Um, you know, I think the aero screen has done some incredible things for us. I think obviously it's, 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 it's groundbreaking safety. Uh, right. And the guys who've developed it, you know, are, are very smart people. Um, but I still think there are things that we need for it. You know what I mean? And I think it's, it's added a, you know, a certain amount of weight to the cars. That's put a, put a challenge on, you know, us, me as a driver and the teams, uh, you know, engineering, it's changed a lot of the balances for this year. It changed how the car worked, uh, you know, works on tires. Um, and I've, the, the the series hates me for anything. If I ever say anything negative about the aero screen, which I'm not, I'm just saying it's, no, it's given us a challenge, right? It's just, it's given us right. something new. And without a doubt, we all love the fact that it's safer. Like there's no doubt about it. We, we absolutely love the fact that, you know, we, we, we have this new addition to our series, which is a way safer car. Right. Um, and like you said, the crashes are spectacular, but we're just jumping out and that, and that's awesome. But you know, there's, there's still things that I'm sure we will learn over the next season. And when we get to, you know, actually go testing again during next year, hopefully, you know, most of our testing was, was canceled for the, for 2020. So, right. um, so the testing that they had planned to try and help us, you know, get more cooling, uh, help us get the car, you know, to, to work with the, the, the Firestone tires a little bit better, you know, we couldn't do any of that. So, you know, the series just did the best job that they could without a doubt. Um, to, to help us through this year. And hopefully we can, you know, take some more steps forward next year. And they did a great job of it as well. Um, you're just teaming up now with the Air Force. Saw a news article saying that Air Force has jumped aboard for that. Tell us how that uh, manifested. Yeah, so this is year four with the Air Force, which is which is really cool. Uh, an incredible partner of mine. Uh, they, they had some interest in the Indy 500 after I got fired at end of 2017, uh, sort of unexpectedly. Uh, and I had nothing. And so they resurrected my career um, because they you know, needed an American driver and they wanted uh, you know they wanted me and, and they wanted to get involved with the Indy 500 so you know that that really launched my career back into you know back into play uh, you know we had a an incredible qualifying experience you know barely making the race which sucks but we knew that it was going to be tough with the you know with the with the stuff that we had there and the situation that we were in uh, great team great group of people that worked on the car um, but sometimes at Indy, you just struggle to find speed. And, and that's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not uncommon. Um, but, you know, from there, we got a couple more IndyCar races with another team later that year. Um, and then the Air Force wanted to go bigger and better with Andretti Autosport uh, in 2019, which was by far the most incredible opportunity I had ever had in my career um, at that time. And we, we had an incredible Indy 500, you know, my best ever. And, um, and, and, and they've enjoyed it. So we've given them the return on the investment that they've liked. And, you know, this is going to be year four with them, which is, uh, which is awesome. I mean, they've been the most loyal partner that I've ever had. And, you know, we're trying to basically just recruit the next, uh, you know, the next generation of incredible, uh, you know, airmen. So it's, uh, it's, it's exciting to be a part of. And obviously as a super passionate American myself, you know, it's, it's, it's an honor to be, you know, representing for them. Right. And, and going back to, 
I got to know this Formula One. Yeah, you're right there. I think the last Formula One driver in the Formula One series was Scott Speed. Well, Alex Rossi did like two races in Formula One, but that was was about it. Okay, so I mean, but Formula One is not really known for American drivers as far as them being big times. It's been a long time. Do you think it's the fans over there that's like not supporting him or is it the American people not wanting? So completely honest with you, it's it's the Formula One teams don't want us, to be honest. There's a really terrible reputation that Americans have got over there. And it's and I've seen I've been a part of it. I've seen it literally. I've seen the words directly to my face. And I'm like, well, how do you guys say that? Like, how can you how can you be that ignorant on like any American talent? Like you you put Joseph Newgarden in a Mercedes. You put Alex Rossi in a Mercedes Formula One car right now. They go out and compete and they compete at a high level. Um, But for some reason, and even our American Formula One team, you know, Haas, uh, which is like in Italy and there's, you know, it doesn't really seem very, they don't like American drivers. They have never said anything positive once about American drivers. I mean, that just goes to show you. I mean, it's like we have an American Formula One team that is not even encouraging or saying anything good about American drivers. So it's something that's, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame. And I think it's a bit, uh, it's a bit of an arrogance thing for, for Formula One teams and, and, and people in Formula One. And I've worked with a lot of incredible people in Formula One. And I, and I did feel welcome at a lot of different places that I, that I was at over there. But there was so much negativity directed towards Americans that I just, I, I, I couldn't stand for it and did not really, I, I did not enjoy my time over there uh, anywhere near as much as, you know, where I am now in IndyCar. Um, and, you know, it, I hope that changes. I think we need something like, you know, if Jeff Bezos had a son that wanted to be a Formula One driver and was pretty good, <laughs> probably going to be the only reason an American gets to Formula One is if he got about $250 million behind him. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, as, right now it's, uh, it's tough, and I wish all the young American kids that have that dream of being Formula One the best, and I will try to help them as much as possible. Um, but, but it's a tough deal. It's, it's the, it's cutthroat over there and it's, uh, it's a wild, it's a wild deal. Yeah. Heaven forbid an European driver comes over to America and says, I want to drive Indy. And we say, no, get out of here. And we, we label oh, yeah. so many things. Right? Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's be crazy. So who's the biggest influence you've had in your racing career? I mean, I obviously think my dad, I mean, my dad was, was my manager growing up and he was the guy kind of, you know, guiding me down. Uh, you know, a certain path and helping me when I didn't know what I needed to do. Um, but, you know, ever since basically the European stuff ended and and uh, I came back over to America, I've pretty much done my own thing when it comes to management. And, but he's still the guy that, you know, I always can go to and, and talk to about, uh, you know, whatever, because he's been through it. You know, he's been to the top level of motorsport. Um, but, you know, even right now, like my stepdad as well, Doug Bowles, uh, president of the Speedway, Indianapolis Speedway, I mean, he's, he's been an incredible influence in my life. Uh, you know, a smart guy, knows everything about racing. And, you know, that, that, those two guys for sure have been, have been great for me. Um, you know, there's, there's been other drivers who have been very helpful to me as well. You know, Dan Weldon, when I was growing up, was, was super, super helpful yeah. for me. Uh, incredibly supportive. And, you know, guys like Townsend Bell, who now do the, the, the TV broadcast for NBC for IndyCar, Townsend always calls me and asks, you know, what's what's going on? How are things going? What do we need to do? You know, and there there are a lot of drivers that you know I've I've watched race uh, before who have been you know pretty helpful, which is which is really cool. But uh, but yeah, that's that's probably it on that. 
So looking forward to 2021, what are your expectations? Well, I think as a team at Ed Carpenter Racing, I think we've, we, we missed the mark last year for sure. There was a mm-hmm. lot of things, you know, they, we, we, we showed up at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and that team has had, you know, multiple pole positions there. And, you know, we just did not have the speed. We, we, as a, as a group, you know, probably, uh, you know, are, are going to look a lot into that and figure out how, you know, we get back to having multiple cars in the front row and, and, and competing. And, you know, we obviously work well with Chevrolet to try and do that. But even on the road courses, you know, it, it was a tough, tough go for us. It was, it was not what I expected at all, but it's a great group of people over there. And it's something that, you know, you really want to have a second season to come back and improve on everything that we think that we got started last year. Uh, and I think the tough part about this year as well was the shorter race weekends. You know, normally we have three practice sessions, a qualifying, a warm up, and a race. And most of the weekends this year were practice, qualify, race, then race again. Um, so if you're kind of screwed from the start, when you're, if, you, if you miss the, the setup and you don't really have a lot of time to test much, it's a challenge for the teams. And, and I myself, you know, I, I look at guys like Simon Pagino, who Indy 500 champion, IndyCar champion, you know, he was struggling a lot this year as well. And I think guys like guys with certain driving styles who need all the practice sessions to keep developing the car, to keep making it better, to keep fine tuning it towards our style that hurt those guys a lot this year. So I can't wait to kind of get back to a little bit more track time next year, get some testing in, you know, we, we have a couple test days in February already, which is really nice. And, you know, I know, I know this team can do it and I, and I, it's a great group of people, but we just got to, you know, put our heads down and, and uh, you know, try to fight for, fight for podiums consistently fight for, you know, fight in the top 10. I mean, the goal is to try and be spend most of the season in the top 10 in points and be able to fight, you know, at the end uh, at the sharp end. So, you know, hopefully we can, you know, we can do that. Is it difficult with this year with 2019, you guys had a great season and then, and then the wind was taken out. And then you had the year that you did, which wasn't a horrible year. It was just a one of those years that everybody was thrown into this pond. It's like adapt. Does that does that? And you probably more so answered. Does that more so set back the team, or does it say let's scratch this year and just build on what we've got from 2019? You know what I mean? Like this year was just kind of a wash for everybody. Yeah, I, well, I think there are some that did better with it than others, and I think for us, uh, there were a lot of new things. Well, the the main new thing for everyone was the aero screen. And, and we did right. not get a lot of test time on that. And that adds 70 pounds on top of the driver. So that changes the weight distribution for the car quite a lot. And it changes the way, um, you know, the car loads the tire. It changes the way the dampers work. Uh, and the damper development on Indi- an IndyCar is open. So you could spend $100 million a year on dampers if you want, because that's an open development item. So, you know, that, that controls a lot of how we deliver gr- grip to the tire. Uh, and I think, for us, you know, we have, uh, we, you know, we definitely want to be able to improve that. I think uh, it's something that the team knows and, and, and are, are definitely going to work on it, but so is everyone else. There were a lot of people who struggled as well. Um, and, and that's really the reason why I think this season was, was so different is, yes, there was less track time, but we had this new variable that you really didn't have a lot of time to work with. Right. You're just kind of thrust into a race weekend. And, and I think after we take this off season to kind of spend a lot of time looking through data, looking through what, what, what were the core issues that, um, you know, we struggled with, uh, you know, the, the mark of a great team is, is basically responding to that. And I think the perfect example is when I drove for Carlin last year, 
you know, we, we, we were okay. We were, we were quick at times. Um, but they took all of what I said about the car and gave me exactly what I wanted when I came back in 2020. Mm-hmm. And, and that was such a huge benefit for me. Cause I mean, we were, we were in the top 10, top five at every oval race this year. We qualified on the pole, uh, almost had two poles in the same weekend at Iowa. So, right. um, you know, that, and, and honestly, we should have been on the podium in Texas without a doubt, but the Texas race surface was not great up top and it was basically a one lane racetrack. So that was, um, that was really, really challenging. But again, we finished, you know, we finished sixth, eighth, 10th on the pole. You know, we were really, really quick because, they did exactly what I wanted them to do. It was, it was incredible. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the same thing this year with ECR and I think they've got all the information and um, you know, we're certainly going to work on it together as a team and, and try to improve. Uh, you talked about how this past season, it was a little difficult with uh, you know, practice sessions being cut back and everything like that. Did it ever cross your mind or maybe you just worry, I'm just throwing this out there. Did it ever worry you that maybe in the future, any card might look into like trying to shorten some kind of race weekend or maybe cut down on a practice session or two over a race weekend. Yeah, they did <laughs> like <laughs> already. I don't even know if they went officially with it or not, but the race weekends are going to be shorter next year, which I think I hate, but, but honestly the, the odd thing as well about it, you know, even, even talking to the guys at Nice Motorsports uh, about next year, cause I want to do more truck races. Right. And they're like, yeah, as far as we know, there's still no practice. And I was like, well, that's, I just, I don't get that. And, and even for the, for the partners of the teams and the, and the TV broadcasts, I mean, I, I don't really understand the thought process behind no practice. I really don't. Even, even if it's just a 10 to 15 minute practice session, I think that makes for a way better race weekend than just throwing people out there in the race. Yeah, I um, agree with that. And I, I don't know why, like I obviously hope the world starts to get back to normal and we can start, you know, doing things better again. But right now, as soon as you take away something from racing and you reduce costs, I don't think you can put it back because no one wants to spend more money again. So (laughs) I think it's going to be very uh, interesting to see how everyone, you know, moves forward. Like certainly in, in our, you know, in our, in our lane with IndyCar, we're definitely going to have less track time. And I think it's going to be very challenging for certain drivers. And I hope that we can, you know, get a, get, get our game up a little bit in a quicker fashion. But I, I still just, I, it's just a shame because a lot of fans come to a race weekend for the race weekend instead yeah. of the race day. You know, people show up to camp Friday, Saturday, Sunday to see all these activities, practices, qualifying, uh, warmups, and then the race. Why well, I just I don't want to take that experience away from people because I love going to race weekends. I love you know seeing cars on track for two to three days, four days in a row. So so we'll see. But right now it does look like we're going to have you know shorter race weekends, which is interesting. That's a bummer. That yeah, is that a bummer because you make up a good point. Now, do you feel like the the shortened race weekends causes you a bit more motivation, like kind of the the cream rises to the top type thing, like you know? You got what you got. Does that motivate you at all? In IndyCar, I don't think that's the case because our series is so close. You could be having a, a really tough weekend on a road course, and you are half a second off the pace, right? It's, it's very, very close. You have all 25 cars qualifying within the same second. Um, you know, a tough weekend is a, a very small margin to the leader. So, you know, in Formula 1, you have P1 to P last is like six seconds, right? Yeah. So that's a huge, yeah. huge difference. <laughs> Um, and sadly, like for us, we, 
if you have that extra practice session, maybe you do find that extra point one or point two. And, and I think that gives everyone the ability to be a little bit closer. Um, but it also gives you the ability to really get the perfect car to go to battle with come race day, instead of trying to make some magic happen overnight. And I think a lot of people, because it's such a short weekend, you take bigger gambles setup wise to hope that you nail something for the race uh, and then suddenly you're lost in the race. And I think a lot of people this year, different, more so different than ever, was qualifying pace was very different from race pace. So I don't know whether that was because we just had less time to focus on qualifying and less time to focus on the race. So you end up just having to run what you run in qualifying and that's it. Um, whereas, you know, normally we have qualifying and the setup's a little bit different for the race and we can run that in a warm up and we can run that. Uh, you know, get a little bit of experience in it to, to fine tune it for the race. So I would like that track time purely just to make sure everything is as sharp as possible. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is going to be a roll of the dice for these shorter weekends for sure. Right. And, and what is with the cars being so close, being within that same second for qualifying, what is that X factor? What is that one thing that puts you that one thousandth of a second above the competition? Uh, honestly, it's getting the most out of the red tire. You know, when we, when we qualify on the road courses and street courses, we have the Firestone red tire, which is a little bit more grip, uh, softer tire. Um, and you know, if you can extract the absolute maximum lap time out of that tire, uh, it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a big shift in time. You know, there, there are times where you're not quite getting the best out of the tire and you go out on qualifying and you're like, well, that didn't feel fast at all. Well, it's because it's not. You know, you, you, if you're not activating that tire at a very high level and, and, and just making sure that you have the perfect temperature starting the lap, the perfect temperature through the lap, um, it just feels like a normal lap on, on, on the primary tire. Um, and so that, that's something I think is, is just super important is just developing a setup that activates the tire to give you the most out of it. Because if you find, if you find 10% grip gain in, in the chassis, it's still not as good as finding a 1% gain in grip like pure grip through the tire. So um, that's, that's, I think the most important thing for us. And is it the same way on a oval? Oval's a little bit different. Oval is just going to be nailing the, da- the, the downforce settings. I think okay. on the oval, you want to be able to dial in a- exactly the amount of front wing that you need. You have to go a little bit overly aggressive because most of the time on the oval, when you get on new tires and you try to go a little bit quicker, the car will understeer, the car will push. Um, so how aggressive do you want to drive that weight into the nose, uh, with the front wing? Um, and how aggressive do you want to be with the ride heights to make sure that you can get the most downforce possible for those two laps that we do and, and at Indy four laps. Man, it's such a lot of moving parts there in that Indy yeah. car, Connor. Yeah. So how, how long does it take, uh, the steering wheel? I got to know this. I got to know this. <laughs> the steering wheel. There's so many dials and stuff. How do you know what to do and when to do it during the course of a race. Cause you see more mainly, I think formula one drivers, you notice it more, but you see it in Indy on the fly. Yeah. Like you're going 200 miles an hour and you're just switching stuff around. Like it's nothing. That's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just got to do it. That, I mean, that's it. I mean, there, there's, there's a, okay. there's a 24 page manual on the steering wheel. I'm sure, but you just, you just get used to it. I mean, our, our wheel is, it, there's a lot on there um, for certain scenarios, but realistically, you know, there's only a few things that we have to worry about. It's our fuel trim switch and, and on the, on and the, the pit speed limiter uh, and, and the overtake button. I mean, realistically, other than that, you're not changing pages much on the dash with the page okay. switch. 
the ovals though are very important because you have the weight jacker on the steer on the steering wheel. So you what, can adjust the balance of the car yeah, by driving the, weight. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to ask. Yeah. What does the weight jacker do? So the, well, the weight jacker basically electronically controls the ride height by driving weight to the right front tire or the left front tire. Um, so that, you know, if, if you're struggling with a certain handling issue, whether the car is too tight or too loose, you can drive weight to the right front to, to really numb it down a little bit and make it less loose uh, and develop some push in the car or, uh, you know, drive it left to, to free it up a little bit. So there are things that we can do and it's about 10 pounds each increment. Um, and, and, and that's super important, but you know, we've also got things Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You know, in qualifying at Indy, we now use that to almost like a, a bit of a speed boost down the straight. You know, we have it uh, electronically activating when we exit turn four to lower the rear ride height to trim the car out down the straight. And we have to another button to get it back up to where it turns properly for the corners. So we're doing that twice a lap down the front straight, the back straight. Um, and we have to do that manually. And you can't use it for handling anymore either. So you better hope that you nail the handling and the, and the COP settings on the front wing. Uh, for that run, because if you're if you're wanting an extra half mile an hour down each straight, you got to use this. Um, it's it the the perfect example is if you watch Marco Andretti's qualifying run this year on the pole. Every lap, Brian Herta says to him on the radio, he says weight jacker, because every lap you're hitting the weight jacker to drop the rear right height to get it to go faster down the straight, and then bringing it back up for the corner. So it's just it's 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 all this fine tuning stuff that we've got now that you just have to be aware of. You have to have and you have to be on it and uh, it's, it's pretty cool to kind of see how we're continuously evolving the technology that we've got. Wow. That's interesting because it, I guess you could kind of compare it to like the, uh, stock car back in the day, the track bar on the fly, just adjusting yeah. the track bar and it'll help out with that. That's, but NASCAR got rid of that for some reason or another, but it doesn't matter. We're not talking NASCAR. We're talking IndyCar. Yeah. This is uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying the technical side of all yeah, this. This is crazy whole new world right here. Yeah. Makes me want to watch it more. Yeah. Connor's definitely got me interested. I'm definitely going to, I Connor, I've never really watched IndyCar a whole lot, but uh, starting next year, I'm definitely going to have to get into it. I've been watching NASCAR most of my life. Uh, I got into Formula One in the 2019 season, really hard into it now, but not, I got to get into IndyCar now for sure. I mean, honestly, I, I think it's worth a watch. I mean, if you if you appreciate racing, that's what I always tell people. It's like because that that's very much the sides of the fan base, right? You have the Formula One fans and you have the NASCAR fans, and no oh. one wants to go to the middle and watch all three. They're like they're either one side or the other, and I'm like, well, I watch all three, and I watch sports, I watch everything because I like racing. So I just there's a there's a mindset that people have 
that they're either one or the other and they can't watch IndyCar. I'm like, well, why not? Like, what? Yeah. Like, I promise you there will be something that you can learn or you'll be excited by. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's the way I look at it. And, and, and I, you know, every day we as drivers have to work hard to deliver that message to people, you know, like you guys who, who like aren't necessarily regular IndyCar race watchers, but now maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a reason to just chuck it on and see, you know, see what's going on. Um, because I think there, you know, there, there's some great racing to be watched and there's some great, you know, great drivers out there for sure that, you know, are, are putting on a show. And you're putting on a great show in, in the rate, like I said, Pocono Raceway, awesome race. Never seen five wide at 200 miles an hour before until that day. And that was just crazy. It's not awesome. <laughs> it was just, it blows my mind just how close you guys get. And don't, one slip of the wheel, tire, tire, you're in trouble. You're yeah. In trouble. I mean, the, the, the risk and reward part about IndyCar, I think, is, is just the most exciting thing for me. I, I love the danger. I love, I love what we're doing. Um, and I just, you know, until you get people there or you tell people about this stuff, it's just hard to pick out. You know, even the power oh. steering, you know, at our races, they don't really mention, you know, sometimes the TV broadcast mentions that we don't. But like, again, it looks way easier than it is. So that's why I really want like that, you know, that heart rate data to be up on the television for, you know, the broadcast, whether you have anything that can deliver, you know, like the Formula One onboard cameras, I think are great where they have on the halo, they have G load, they have speed, they have RPM, they have gear, they have all this information right here. That's really, really cool. And obviously they have a little bit bigger of a budget than everything in the world, but it's, <laughs> it's a really cool you know, just a bit of knowledge that you can get um, live on screen. So I, I hope that we can get stuff like that. Even, even if it's as well, I mean, teams wouldn't want this, but, you know, we have anti-roll bar adjustments in our car as well. You know, we have all these things on the steering wheel that we're doing, but we can also adjust the front and rear anti-roll bar as well, which is similar like the track bar, mm -hmm. but we can change the handling with that as well. And it would be kind of really interesting to say, all right, well, Connor's got, you know, P1 on the front bar now. So he must be struggling with the front end or P6 on the rear bar. He must be, I think, bringing something like that into the game, the teams will, you know, they'll X that out because, well, we never want to give away our setup information, but right. I think stuff like that would be cool because you got to be an entertainment. We're, we're an entertainment like series. You got to be entertaining. You got to bring people into it. You got to make people think, wow, this is crazy. Do you think Ferrari coming in or possibly coming in would help out with that? Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen though. I, think so. <laughs> I know. I, I love, I would love that. And I think that would be amazing, but yeah, I, I just, that's, it's too good to be true, I think. But I mean, if right. I hope I'm wrong, I really do hope I'm wrong. <laughs> because in IndyCar, you get you have really just two manufacturers, Honda and Chevy. Do you think yep. maybe a, a Ford coming in or something like that would help expand the? I, I do race? think that a third manufacturer is without a doubt going to be a huge stepping stone for us because right. I think it again it injects money into the series. There's another manufacturer that are going to be doing ads that are going to be part of a team that are going to have, uh, you know, people that they can bring into the sport and it can only help. Um, and and the, the wild thing about our series as well is we're going to have probably a, like the most full-time cars that we've had in a very long time next year. So like the series is doing okay. Even after 2020, which was insane and terrible, you know, there, there are a lot of cars next year. There could be 25 to 29 cars on a regular basis at, these, at these events, which is great for us. You know, I remember, in you know, in 2008 or nine, there's only 20 cars and, and, and that was it. So, um, you know, we've gone up 
in numbers by a lot, which is, which is, which is super important. Um, but yeah, a third manufacturer would be huge. Have no idea who it would be, but boy, I really hope they get one. Yeah. And I, I hope so too. Not only, I think you just make it better for every, everything. Not that the product isn't good. Now, if you take away all the politics of any sport and just look at the pure racing, it, it's a good product. And if the races I've watched this year, mm-hmm. and like I said, it never got technical. Like they never said they didn't have power steering. I think that's a new, no new level of respect. Still can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> but but uh, it looks like we are we have reached our time limit, Connor. I want to thank you again so much for being on the show. It's a real honor talking to you. Uh, go get him next year. We'll definitely be rooting for you here on the show. And you have anything else, Preston? Uh, just uh, real quick for you know, if anybody's out there listening that doesn't watch IndyCar, uh, when does y'all's season start? Great question. So we will start in March um, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, it's a 17 race schedule. Uh, Texas is a doubleheader and Detroit's a doubleheader. So it'll be about 14, 15 weekends. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, all on NBC, obviously, uh, NBC Network or NBCSN. Um, so it'll, it'll be cool. Our team, you know, we're Chevrolet number 20. Uh, I might do the ovals for another team as well and do the full season. It's I live a weird lifestyle. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a great season. All right. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Connor. Definitely be watching next year for sure. We appreciate that. Yeah, Everyone, we'll, all of us as drivers appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we'll be, uh, pulling for you, man. It's again, it was great talking to you. Thanks for taking the time during the holiday season to talk with us, take the time to talk with us. Best of luck next year. Hopefully we'll have you on, uh, maybe as a champion, that'd be great and have a <laughs> champion come on. But, uh, thanks again. And, uh, you have a good rest of your night. Hey, no problem, guys. I appreciate it. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. One lap right here. All right. That was our interview with Connor Daly. Man, how was it, man? Did you uh, enjoy that? I enjoyed it. I think, I mean, I don't want to know. I'm not trying to discredit all the other people that we've interviewed, but I think this is probably one of the coolest interviews that we may have had, well, to be honest. Yeah, because he's at the top series. I mean, yeah. like he isn't, you know, and yeah, I hate to discredit because we've had a lot of great guests here in the Marvels, but that was, a, that was our first IndyCar driver. What an interview it was. It was so awesome. Again, thank you, Connor, for being on the show. We we had a great time. That was great. I only wish our IndyCar guy was here. Or yeah. we had an IndyCar guy. That would have made his day. Yeah. Uh, we got to learn a decent amount of stuff. I mean, you couldn't wrap your head around the fact that there's no power steering. I don't understand that. How do you... How do they do that? Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. The the way he described it, how you get like the blisters and your hands are bleeding, like that's just wow. Ah, you can't. I mean, that's old school NASCAR right there, and and you would think how technologically advanced those cars are that they'd be way above and figured that out, but no, they haven't. That's crazy. I thought it was cool that he broke down a lot of the technical side in general too, as well. Yeah, I appreciated that. It's uh. It's just a shame, you know, like he said, you know, it doesn't seem like they get a lot of, I guess, following or something, you know, for the IndyCar series. You, yeah. You, like he said, why can't we meet in the middle where you have fans of NASCAR and fans of Formula One? Why can't we meet in the middle with something yeah, like this? Yeah, and I guess we're guilty of that, too, here at In The Models, yeah. because I'm the NASCAR guy. I love NASCAR. You're the Formula One guy. You like F1, and we hope to have an IndyCar guy here, but only because my vision of that is to bring us together and just talk racing. Yeah. It's not even to have debates of... Your Formula One's better than Indy, and Indy's better than NASCAR. That's not the point. The point is to have racing, a racing roundtable discussion mm-hmm. about these sports and why they're good and promote what sport we love in auto racing, what particular form of auto racing we like. And maybe one day have a 
drag racing fan in here and say, this is why drag racing is awesome. It's like, well, let's go and explore that. Yeah. And let's go to a Formula One race. I've been to one, and I'd like to go again. And I've been to IndyCar. I've been to all three. But they're all different and unique in their way. But that was awesome. Can, thank you again to Connor for being on the show. Hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. I'm definitely going to watch IndyCar next year now. Oh, yeah. i got to get into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did catch one race, I believe I did, this past year. Uh, back when I was still working at the department, I think I, I think it was Iowa too. I think yeah. it was on TV, and, and I watched and, the whole and, thing. And I enjoy watching the races. It's just you know I think he's right. I think if it was a bit more fan interaction, like NASCAR has the NASCAR app where you can pin, spend four dollars a month for the scanners and the, yeah. everything. And I wish IndyCar had something like that. I know back when they were the Verizon IndyCar series, my uncle could do that, mm-hmm. but I can't. And I know I've, if they have something like that, and I'm just ignorant to it, somebody please let me know. But it's I, yeah, it's I would I would, I would enjoy it more if I can listen in and learn what they're saying. It's like you know when he was talking about the cross weight and all that stuff. It's like up down up down. It's like yeah. oh, if I could hear that and know what they're doing now, be, thanks to Connor, now I could probably be a little more in tuned with it. Yeah, it's in. It, I I found it cool that you know he talked about how you know he did a little testing with you know, Formula One and everything like that over in Europe. And he just talks about how the money difference as well between IndyCar and Formula One. Oh, it's just astronomical. Astronomical. And it's just, it is a shame that he said it's a shame that there's really no Americans over in Formula One. Yeah, that was, that surprised me because you would think Formula One being the, and here we go with Formula One, the top series in the world, the best drivers in the world. I think, I think Formula One is scared to have Americans over there because we just whoop their butts. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> say it right now. Now, as far as you know, when Connor was talking about as far as IndyCar, do you think that with somebody like Jimmy Johnson coming over to the series, do you think it'll bring new fans? Oh, absolutely. That'll stick I, I, because I'm curious to see how Jimmy Johnson will perform in IndyCar. Right. Knowing what I know now, just a little bit more than I know now about an IndyCar. Not that I knew a lot about it, the Indy, how those things, how the cars work. But knowing what I know now, just based off of what we talked about with Connor, how will he adjust to that? No power steering. He's a fit dude. Yeah. But is he, can he do it? And just, you know, him racing around and willingness to learn, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And Connor describing how, like, holding the steering wheel is like trying to hold up weights at the same time yeah. while you're, tr- like, that's a lot. You don't think about that. No, you don't at all. They're really an unappreciated sport. I think he gave us some really cool insights. Just the whole interview was great. And, you know, the whole, the cockpit system and everything like that. He gave us the insight on that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was great. um, And great to have him on. Hopefully one of many. I hope that the people listening out there, maybe will tune in for IndyCar race next year. Yeah, tune in and then talk about it more. Yeah. And thanks to all those who responded to the last minute Facebook post about that uh, questions. We asked a few of them. Didn't ask them all. Yeah, we didn't ask them didn't all. Didn't ask them all, but... <laughs> I know somebody will be disappointed about one of them we didn't ask. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> He'll still be a fan, but man, we've reached my favorite part of the show, Driver of the Week, and this week in NASCAR, and we're going to go ahead and... I found something that says December in here. Uh-oh. And we're still in December. We're getting into January here by the time this comes out, but we're recording in December. So it just says, in 1970, in December. That's all it says. It just doesn't give you a date. It doesn't anything. give me a date, but it says in December. R.J. Reynolds announces its Winston brand of cigarettes will become the title sponsor of NASCAR's premier stock car racing series. 
The official title will be the NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Series, and that's your this week in NASCAR. In 1970, Winston came aboard in See, December. something does happen in the offseason. <laughs> something worth <laughs> writing down in the, in, the book. in the official NASCAR history book. <laughs> I love it. Which That's I would like awesome. to get an Indian Formula One book of those, but those are god-awful expensive, dude. Are they? Oh, yeah. Especially a Formula One one. I wonder where they're getting all their money. <laughs> anyway, Preston, your driver, our driver of the week this week for the first episode of Season 3 of In the Marvels, who do you got? Juan Pablo Montoya. Here's something interesting about Juan Pablo Montoya. And I, I, I brought this up to my uncle after, in fact, the IndyCar race at Pocono we went to. Juan Pablo Montoya, I've seen him race in Formula One, NASCAR, and IndyCar. Oh, wow. That's uh... Indianapolis for Formula One in 2004, NASCAR from 2000 in 2007, 8, 9, and I think that was it. I think that was the last time I saw him race. And then in IndyCar series in 2014, 15, in 2015, seen him race in all three series. That's but so was my cool. uncle. So was my uncle as well. That's cool. All right, so continue on. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Storied so, career of Juan Pablo Montoya. Yeah, Juan Pablo Montoya, born September the 20th of 1975 in Colombia, the country. The country, yes. <laughs> now <course>. South Carolina. <laughs> Bogota, Colombia. Yeah. Some of his notable championship titles, uh, 1998 International Formula 3000 champion. Uh, he was a two-time Indy 500 winner, Indianapolis 500 winner. 2017 race of champions and he was the 2019 imsa weather tech sports car champion where he currently races to this day yep for acura team pinsky that's ah. a lot of uh, different names there acura yeah. team pinsky, acura team pinsky. <laughs> so he's run a couple different motorsports over the years indycar series career he ran 52 races over five years and champ car career he ran 40 races over two years Formula One World Championship career lasted five years. He made 94 starts racing for teams of Williams and McLaren. And his NASCAR Cup Series career, 255 races run over nine years. And then he also ran Xfinity Series, 23 races over three years. So he's almost done it all. I yeah, guess he's you done it all. Yeah. Dabbled in a little bit of everything, which is not a bad thing. What are his Formula One stats? Formula One. Or did you already say that? Uh, I didn't. I just said his starts. He had 94 starts. Uh, in Formula One, he had seven wins. 30 podiums, 13 pole positions, 12 fastest laps, and his career points in Formula 1 were 307 altogether. Wow. That's about as much Lewis Hamilton scored in this season. Yeah. <laughs> Let put that in perspective. Well, Lewis Hamilton scored. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He scored yeah. a lot. Yeah, he season. scored a lot this season. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Juan Pablo Montoya, our driver of the week, it, it, like I said, it's kind of cool that he's dabbled in so many different it, it's, forms it's of racing. Ironic that you bring up his name, too, because I just, you know, like I mentioned, I've seen him race in all three series, and this is season three kickoff of In the Marbles. Three, 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 three all three, around. Three. All around there, buddy. <laughs> we need to play the lottery yet? No, not yet. Not yet. We've already, I've already hit it. Not in, in the figurative sense, not a literal sense, obviously, but... I've already hit it, man. <laughs> but Preston, I think that will wrap up our uh, season three opener, man. I'm looking forward to this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we, I can't wait. We got, we got a few races lined up that we are going to. Yes. And maybe at the end of the year, Snowball Derby or something like that. Maybe. We have yet to see. I know Charlie's ready for Pocono. He's one of the guys coming with us. And we have yet to figure out who the other one is. But then stand by again. 
because we got some big stuff coming down yeah, the pipe. Yeah, we got some cool things happening here at In the Marbles, and we can't wait to share it with everybody. So um, I'd like to thank our partners real quick before we go. Uh, Dr. Squatch Soaps, if you need to drop the chemical-enhanced soaps and go with all natural, Dr. Squatch is where to go. Flag and Anthem, our online clothing store that we just partnered up with, they are self-flannel for both men and women, jeans, t-shirts, you name it, they got it. And Stand Up to Cancer, a personal favorite of mine. Uh, everybody's been affected one way or another from cancer. Make sure to go over to Stand Up to Cancer, and all these can be found at inthemarbles.net under the Partners tab. Donate, buy a hoodie, and anything helps to beat that terrible disease. So make sure to check out. I'd like to thank all of our partners again for everything they do helping with the show. And I'd like to thank you, the fans, for sticking around and getting ready for Season 3. I cannot wait. This is going to be a lot of fun, not only for us, but hopefully for you as well, listening to it. So yeah, press- we got a lot of great things happening between, like like you said, we'll, I mean, we'll, of course, share other things with the fans as we go along. But, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts here, and especially with the Unhinged Sports Network. I mean, there's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, a lot it's- going on there. Stay tuned for more updates with that. We're proud to be associated with them and... I think uh, things are going to look good this year, hopefully. Yeah, I, I are, feel it. Yeah, it's great. This is going to be a better year than 2020. Yeah. Let's, let's put 2020 behind us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Preston, you have anything else before we wrap up this first nope. episode of Season 3 of In the Mars? Okay, man. Well, if you got nothing else, I got nothing else. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning in to us this week here at In the Marvels. Make sure to head over to InTheMarvels.net for links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Yeah, we started a TikTok here at In the Marvels. Make sure to go check that out. I'd like to thank all of our partners again, Dr. Squatch, Flag and Anthem, Stand Up to Cancer, Fanatics, and Fubo for everything you need to get ready for 2021. Thanks again for Connor Daly for being on the show. It was a great time talking to you. For Preston Loot, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you again for listening. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.